Hi, thanks for listening to Extreme Encounter Ministries podcast. We pray that you are blessed and challenged through this time and through this teaching. God bless you, and thanks again for listening. Most powerful thing um, that you and I can do is to uh, take this thing personally. Um, We understand that you... We, I, we are purposed individually by God. We are purposed by God. You are here on purpose. And it's so important to understand that um, when we look at the nature, when we talk about the church, and and I love what Michelle prayed and what Michelle sang concerning the church, because we want to move when God says move, right? We want to do what God says to do, and and should God say turn left, then guess what? We want to turn left. And should he say turn right, then we want to turn right. And we talked about this quite a while ago, but, but there's, there's, there's such an organic nature that's intended as far as the church is concerned. And, and if you think of organic food, it's when all of the additives have been stripped away and it's down to the organic nature, the way that God intended for it to be. And I believe that needs to be applied to the church, that the, the added things, the reason that they, they put additives in food is to make it somehow smell better or look better or even taste better, um, but it doesn't nourish the way that it's intended to nourish because of the additives. And if we look at the church in the same light, we understand that a lot of times there's a lot of glitz and glamour and there's things added to make church look better and there's things added to make it smell better and there's things added to make it taste better or to be more pleasing to the palate, if you will. And I believe that God is, and I I know I've said this before, it's not really what I'm going to talk about, but that God is bringing us back, I believe, to the organic nature of what the church is intended to be. And it's got to start, because we've talked about this, it's got to start in and through identity. Because I believe that really we have ruined people for the simplicity of things as far as God's kingdom is concerned. I understand that when you look at God's kingdom and how how big God is, there's a complexity to the hugeness of God. But I believe that that's intended to be discovered. The mysteries of God are not hidden for hidden sake, but they're hidden for discovery sake. That God has mysteries that in our quest and in our pursuit that he intends for us to discover. But I also believe that, that we have done an injustice, we as the church, because we've stripped away the simplicity of things. And we've made things so difficult and we've created so many hoops for people to jump through. And it's been about the one-man show and it's been about people on power trips. And God is, I believe, stripping all of that stuff away so we get back to the simplicity, the organic nature of things. And like Paul said, we preach Christ And him crucified. And from there, everything should flow. If that is not the center of things, then there's adjustments that need to be made. Because when we understand that the death of Christ did away with my sin and the resurrection of Christ gave me the ability to live this new life, that's the center, that's the crux, boys and girls, of everything. 
And it's the cross of Christ. Too many times, um, because it's about being a kingdom people, the, the, the glaring reality is the church doesn't always act like kingdom people. We're not always um, a people who necessarily risk or love or pray or create or serve or proclaim or sacrifice um, very well. A lot of times those words are absent from our vocabulary and um, church can be a very unattractive place for people. What does the church want? What do we want? What does, what does our community um, most deeply desire? What is the desire? In the kingdom, I believe we are called to be a different type um, of community. A courageous, a crucified community. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. And so... That is our identity. I don't believe that the issues concerning the church, and we strip away, again, getting back to the organic nature that I believe that God intended. It's, it's not necessarily the music or the programs or the building. I believe the real issue is this, and we've said this, is do we know who we are, and will we be that for the world? Do we really know who we are, and will we operate in that knowledge And be that for the world. Because the love of God is displayed through his body. That's why it says in in 1 John, right? Beloved what? Let us love one another. It's in 1 John, right? For love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God for God is love. And they will know how. By the love. And so as we strip away all the additives and it's stuff. Come on, listen. It's stuff that's been added for generations. No disrespect intended. It's stuff that we've added. It's really things that we impose without even realizing that we imposed because of our agendas that a lot of times we say that we don't have. That we will impose our stuff. And that stuff that we impose, um, be it things, expectancies. Expectations, expectancy is good, expectation is bad, really. Because expectation is this, it's this is how it's going to be. Expectancy is open-ended. So we bring our expectations to church and those are the additives, I believe, that dilute from the organic nature of things. And so I'll speak for myself, when things don't go the way I think that they should go, Right? I'll import what I think and how I think and what I want. And a lot of times, folks, those things are additives that, that take away from the organic nature, which it always goes back to that thing. It's the cross of Christ. It's the love of God. And we recognize this. I hope this identity teaching is helping you. I hope it's helping you. I hope you're getting this thing. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting who you are. We're intended to be the the loving 
excuse me, and devoting ourselves to one another because we have Jesus in common that's intended to be the organic nature of things, that we are devoted to him. And guess what? Here's where it's hard. We're devoted to one another. And guess what? We don't pick and choose. Just like you don't pick and choose who your family is, and sometimes you'd, you'd like to. Anyone have those moments where you'd like to have a redo as far as your family? <laughs> and it's the same way when it comes to this family, the family across the street. The body of Christ is that we are to prefer one another. We are to be devoted to one another. And that's the organic nature of things. And so anything outside of the organic nature, the additives that we've tried to make this look better or sound better or taste better, that people would be attracted or that people would like it, strip that stuff away. It's not about what we like. It's about what we need. Yes? In Matthew 16, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into this because I really feel like we need to pray today about some things. Matthew chapter 16 is, is where, remember Jesus, um, around verse 13, he's talking to his disciples and he, he asks them a very poignant question and he says, who do men say that I am? Remember? And then they gave him a list. Well, some say Elijah, some say uh, the, the prophet, some say John the Baptist, some say blah, blah, blah. And Jesus said, but who do you say, remember, that I am? And you remember Peter I just love Peter. Like, I don't know if it's like Peter is that one that you can imagine. I know I've said this before, but I can just I can just picture Peter. Not that I'm not saying Peter was dumb by any stretch of the imagination, but I can just imagine Peter. You know, as Jesus is just with his twelve, or and he's he's around the campfire again, just imagining. And Jesus is telling one of his many stories that's really expressing God's kingdom. He's telling one of his stories expressing the love of God for humanity. And I can just imagine Peter just watching Jesus around the campfire. I can just imagine him because of some of the things that Peter has done and said. I can imagine him saying, I have no clue what he's talking about. But I sure do love him. It's the simplicity of things. It's like, well, once I have it all figured out or it all makes sense in my mind... Probably that's the problem. The simplicity of things is getting back to the organic that it's about his love. And we lose sight of that with our politics. In the way that we treat one another, in the way that we respond to one another, in the way that we allow the organization to affect us, we lose sight of what really matters. And I'm saying, God, strip away, strip away, God, whatever it is that any additives or anything that I've tried to import and God, I, just the organic, God, just the organic, what you really mean, what you really mean with your grace and what you really mean, God, with your love for us. 
And God, let that be exemplified in our lives as we unconditionally love and prefer God one another. And God, that we would lay aside our agendas and what we desire and what we want. And we pick up your agenda and your desires and what, God, you want. What would it look like if the kingdom of God broke into your life and into your home and into your work and into your relationships? What does it mean in your family? What does it mean in your city? What does it mean in your church when it's organic and it's about God and his kingdom? It's what it looks like when we're more attracted to our Savior than we are to sin. Our deepest desires are our deepest desires. Our deepest desires are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Absolute wholeness is in Jesus Christ. Being made complete is in Jesus Christ. This transformation is the center of world transformation. Your city is transformed through your transformation, through your understanding of identity. You change your city. You change your world. And out of the, the depths of our desire, um, Jesus sends us into the world to go, right? Isn't that what he said? Just go. Just go. The church's um, vocation, if we can say it that way, seems to stem from uh, her identity, who we are in Christ. We are the people of Jesus, and we display his life, right, wherever he calls us. And the truth is, is that the kingdom is breaking in all around us. Um, Jesus loves the world, right? We are the vehicle that his love flows through. That's how he does it, man. His love is intended to flow through us. It's crucial because our world is broken. You don't see the display of heaven on the nightly news, right? What does the kingdom of God and the love of God look like in the di- dire issues, you know, that we're facing today, like poverty, and, um, addiction? The depravity, really, of facing and engrafted, ingrained into this generation today. What does it look like when the kingdom of heaven, I like the word invade because that's really what's happening. When the kingdom of heaven invades this world through an army of laid down lovers, that his kingdom invades this world. 
God has sent you to live your calling in the midst um, of this culture to display the love of Jesus. And we display that, right? We release that. I, I just, and I, we've talked about this so many times, and I, and I know we have, um, but We've just been taught so much. Remember in that scripture in Matthew, um, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he asks, who do you say that I am? And remember Peter's response again was, you are the Christ, right? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He, he nailed it. And that's the first time that Jesus mentions the church. And he says, listen to what he says, remember? He said, you are, what did he say to him? He called him a rock, remember? And on you, I will build my church. And then he says something that I don't know that we've always understood. What does he say? And the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus telling people that the church is playing here offense, not defense. Here, here's the picture, and I looked this up. This is so cool. The walls were built around the city um, in the days of Jesus to keep the enemies out. And during the attack, the enemy forces knew that if they could break down the gates, they could... Um, breach the wall, basically, and sack the city. So if they could get through the gate, the army inside would fight with everything they had to keep the gate from failing because they knew once that the gate gave way that the city would be taken. And so he was saying this offensively, not defensively. We are the kingdom of people who are pounding on the gates of hell with love, with truth, and with justice. And each time we share Jesus with someone, it's the gate of hell is taking a blunt hit. The gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. That's offensive. The gates of hell will not prevail. We are pounding on the gates. We're rescuing from the flames. We're rescuing from hell. We are pounding on the gates of hell and we're rescuing. It's an offensive stance that Jesus is speaking of. And he says, on this I will build my church. Listen, it's so important because the flames of hell are hot. And there's people that are headed for a Christless eternity. And we are so wrapped up in our own stuff. In our own offenses. In our own agendas. We need to invade with God's kingdom. We need to be releasers of God's love into this world. And the gates of hell, will not, they're not going to be able to withstand as we go. We pray the Holy Spirit has ministered to your heart. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our ministry, visit us at extremeencounter.org.